0: Church family, today we celebrate the resurrection. Jesus is alive. He was dead and really dead. But now he's alive, really alive. And that statement is the central claim of the Christian faith. Because it's hard to deny the other claims of Jesus. It's hard to deny the rightful place that he has in our life if he has overcome death. That power, that awe-inspiring event, it testifies to a reality that we cannot ignore. A life-changing, eternity-altering reality that, that we must consider about Jesus Christ. Here's how Paul writes about the resurrection at the beginning of Romans. Romans chapter one. Let's look at the first five verses of that book. We have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Did you catch verse four there? Let me read it one more time. This son sent to us from the father was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, the resurrection is the exclamation point of the testimony of the Gospels, of the testimony of Christ himself. Jesus is the Son of God, and the resurrection proves it. The resurrection is the ultimate sign given to us by God to declare that Jesus is the Christ. He is our promised Savior. And this is just as Jesus said it would be. What Paul says in Romans is simply a restating of what Jesus teaches us in the gospel of Matthew. Or a confirmation of what Jesus said. Let's look this morning at the teaching of Jesus and Matthew's gospel about the sign of the resurrection. And we're going to jump a little bit ahead in our study of the book of Matthew to Matthew chapter 12. Looking at verses 38-38. To 50. And we're going to begin in Matthew 12, 38 to 42. Here's what the word of God says. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was Three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The scribes and the Pharisees once again come to test Jesus, to make him prove himself. I suppose all that he's done to this point in his earthly ministry that we've considered in the gospel of Matthew isn't Enough And can you just imagine the audacity of these men and the request they make at the beginning of our passage today? Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Oh, so you want to see a sign? You want to see a sign proving my authority? You want to see a sign justifying my claims about the the kingdom of God and the people of God? Well, what about that leper that I healed, that I cleansed? What about the the servant of the centurion that I healed with just a word from my lips? What about Peter's mother-in-law or the others that I freed from demonic oppression? Surely you've heard of those signs. What about the storm that I calmed or the, the violent man that I set free in the country of the Gadarenes? What about that paralytic that I healed to authenticate my claim to be able to forgive sins to your fellow scribes? Were those not enough? Well, wait, there's more. What about the desperate woman with the issue of blood that I healed when no one else could? Or the daughter of Jairus, who, by the way, I raised from the dead? What about the blind men and the, the mute men that I also healed and did freed from demonic oppression. Are you telling me that all those signs, all those evidences prophesied about in the pages of scripture to prove that the Messiah had come, are you telling me that all those signs are not enough? Well, not for these men. Not for them. In fact, they say something rather incredible earlier in Matthew chapter 12. They say, Some of the works that Jesus has done has been by the power of Satan. That's the level of their contempt for Christ. That's how hard their heart is toward Jesus. And Jesus knows this. He knows what's in their heart when they ask for a sign. It's not a well-intended request. It's not an honest appeal for a sign. They are willingly ignoring the testimony of the scriptures they came to have written on their heart. They are ignoring the corroboration of these previous signs, even now choosing to call him teacher rather than submitting to him as Lord. And listen, if they wanted to see, they could have. There was another among them named Nicodemus who in John chapter three, verse two said, Rabbi, we know that you are from God. Because no one could do these signs that you do unless God was with him. People have seen, not these men. And so Jesus rebukes them. But he also gives those with a softer heart, a heart desirous to see God, a promise of something greater. Those who are truly seeking the Lord, a sign will come that will be extraordinary. The sign will be given once and for all to reveal that Jesus is everything that he said. It will have a greater act than, than any act in human history that will guarantee all that Christ has promised. He says, I will give you the sign of Jonah. In verses 39 and 40, Jesus says that just as Jonah was in the belly of a great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth And after three days, he will come out and nothing will be the same. Listen, friends, this is a remarkable statement that Jesus is making and paralleling the the story of Jonah to his own story. Let's make sure we're all on the same page to understand what Jesus is telling us here. Do you remember the story of Jonah in the Old Testament? Have you spent any time in vacation Bible school as a kid, I feel certain you've heard it. It's one of our greatest hits. Jonah was a reluctant prophet, and God called him to go to Nineveh, a Gentile city of great wickedness. But instead of being obedient, instead of going where God commanded, Jonah fled. He went in the opposite direction, in fact, because he was scared of this people. He knew what they normally did to prophets. And and what's even greater, or... Even scarier is that he didn't think they deserved to be forgiven. And he knew that if he went and preached a message of repentance, a message of God's grace, and the people repented that God would relent, that he wouldn't punish them. And Jonah wanted them to be punished. And so he runs. But he doesn't get far before he's thrown overboard into a raging sea because of his disobedience. But instead of letting him die, In an act of incredible, extraordinary grace, God provides a great fish to swallow him. And after three days of being in the fish, he spits him back on the shore. And Jonah finally obeys, covered in whatever he's covered in from being in the belly of a fish for three days, and goes. And despite his smell, he declares the message of repentance and the people of Nineveh repent. And God spares them. Jesus tells us there's something that's going to happen with him. That is like what happened with Jonah, but greater. And this greater sign should lead us to belief. This greater sign should lead us to repentance. Listen, there are many things different between Jonah and Jesus. But what happened to Jonah will give us a window into what awaits Christ. And what the result of his ministry will be. Jesus will go into the earth, into the grave, like Jonah went into the fish. And when he comes out, the greatest message of salvation the world has ever known will be declared. For all who have eyes to see and all who have ears to hear. Pharisees, scribes, you desire something greater. You want a greater sign, but don't you see the greatness standing in front of you? What is it that you are actually looking for? The greater Jonah is here. Jesus is the greater prophet who willingly comes to the disobedient, who willingly walks among the wicked to call them to repentance. And listen, friends, his ministry won't be to just one people. It will be to all people. More than that, Jesus is the greater Solomon. This is an addition that he makes to his argument in verse 42 where he mentions Solomon's interaction with the queen of Sheba, which is recorded in 1 Kings chapter 10. And basically here's what Jesus is telling us in mentioning this interaction between Solomon and the queen of Sheba. You're coming to ask me all these questions. You're coming to pepper me with whether or not I have the wisdom of God. And yet you fail to recognize what the queen of Sheba recognized, when you see the wisdom of God on display, do you not see the wisdom of God incarnate in me? The nations will come to me to hear the wisdom of God, and yet my own people are rejecting me. Here's a question for us, friends. On this Easter Sunday, when the greater sign is given, What will you do? How will you respond? Because you can't explain away the display of power that is coming. The the glory of God that is displayed on the cross and the resurrection. It demands a response. Look at how Christ challenges his audience in verses 43 to 50. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, but it finds none. Then it says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and it brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first, so also it will be with this evil generation." And while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers, they stood outside asking to speak to him. But he, re- he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my brothers and my mother. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus tells us in these verses that there are only really two possible responses when we consider the sign of Jonah. You either reject the sign, you reject Jesus, you reject his claim, you reject his salvation, and if you do that, in the face of the grace of God, the enemy will hold you in even greater strength because you've not been filled with the right thing. That's what Christ is teaching in verses 43 to 50. If the Lord doesn't fill you, the enemy will, and that will lead to your eternal destruction. But the other option is to repent. Not reject, but repent of your sin and give your life to the will of God. And here's the beauty, friends. When we repent and we give our life to the will of God, we become part of the family of God. Listen, there's no other possible response. There's no middle ground here. Is the sign enough? Is it enough for you? When it wasn't enough for them, because listen, Jesus did give us the sign. Some pages later in the gospel of Matthew, the words of Jesus, they come true. In Matthew 27, Christ is wrongly convicted, he's beaten, he's crucified, and he dies. And just as he said, he enters the darkness of the earth into a grave, into death. But then in Matthew 28, something incredible, miraculous happens. Three days after he dies, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they go to the tomb there's a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord descends from heaven. He rolls back the stone and he sits upon it. And here's what he declares. In verses five to seven of Matthew 28, the angel said to these women, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold he is going before you to Galilee there you will see him see I have told you. The sign that Jesus told us about, the sign of Jonah, he has given it. The greater Jonah has been revealed. The wisdom of God has been gloriously displayed. And this story of redemption, the story of the gospel, there's no question, friends, that Jesus is the son of God. There's been no Greater display of God's power and the cross and the resurrection, no greater display of His love, no greater display of His faithfulness. How will we respond? How will you respond? Will you believe? That's certainly a possible response. Will you reject the sign or will you repent of your sins? And place your faith alone in Christ who is worthy, singularly worthy to save us. What else do you need to see to know that Jesus is everything that he is? What else do you need to see to know that he has done everything that he said he would do? What would be enough for you? earlier this week we were in our, our preaching team meeting and Pastor Aaron told me a story he heard from one of our own church members. It's a story about a baseball player named Bernie Carbo. Anybody ever heard of Bernie Carbo? I had not either. <laughs> Apparently, he was a famous baseball player in the 1970s. His most famous moment when he was playing in the majors came when he was a part of the Boston Red Sox team. And in The 1975 World Series in game six, he was called the pinch hit. And when he did, he hit a three run home run that tied the game and allowed Carlton Fisk to hit the famous home run that won that game in the 12th inning. And if you know anything about Carbo's story, you know that he didn't last much longer in the majors. He had to get out of baseball by the age of 33 because of drug use. But the Lord got a hold of his life When he was thinking about suicide, he heard the gospel and responded in repentance, in belief, and that he began passionately following Christ. And one of our former members here at Bayleaf was a pastor at a church that Bernie attended. And they went on a mission trip together to the Northeast, to New England, where the Boston Red Sox play, and also into Canada. And they were going around to doors on this Canadian street, inviting them to this meeting this revival where Bernie was gonna share his testimony. And so in this encounter, Bernie was on one side of the street going down, knocking on doors. And the pastor of this church was on the other side of the street, knocking on doors. And the pastor came to a door where this woman opened and he began to invite her to this worship service. And she said, oh, no, no, no. I don't have any desire in that. I don't wanna hear anything about Jesus. I don't believe it. And he said, well, we have a really famous baseball player who's gonna be coming in and giving his testimony. Maybe you'd wanna hear from him. And she said to him, I wouldn't believe that even if Bernie Carbo himself came over here and told me about Jesus. (laughs) Apparently Bernie was her favorite baseball player. And he said, hold on a minute. He's right across the street. And so he went and got Bernie. He brought him over. And then she came to the evangelistic outreach event and she still did not believe. I mean, the words, I wouldn't even believe that at Bernie Carbo himself, the provision that God gave in that moment that that should have led her to believe she still rejected friends. Don't keep moving the goalpost on God. What will it take for you to believe? Do you, can you just ask the Spirit to help you see the greater Jonah today? See the prophet and the, the grace and message of repentance that he's offering to us. Can you see the, the greater Solomon, the, the greater wisdom of God on display? Ask the Spirit to help you and believe. Under salvation, let Jesus take your place on that cross And if you have believed, would you worship? That's the second way we can respond this morning. Oh, church family, if Jesus is the Christ, if he is Lord and he is, then we must worship him today. As we behold his glory, as we see his faithfulness and love, as we stand in awe of his power and all of its fullness, we must make much of him. Today and every day that Jesus gives us breath. I want you to think about this. Think about the grace of this sign. Think about the, the links to which God has gone to let us know him. To let us fellowship with him. It's a, it's a evidence to us that he wants us to be in relationship with him. And he's acted for us to know him in Christ. Oh, Friends. Let us give glory and honor and praise to he who is worthy, who alone is worthy because he has saved us. He has rescued us. He went into the grave so that we who were dead could find eternal and abundant life. May we make much of Jesus today. And then finally, will we tell? Will we tell of this work will we tell of what God has done for us in Jesus? Those who believe, those who worship, they are called to declare. Do you remember the command of the angel to the Marys? Don't be afraid. I know you seek Jesus, but he's not here. So you need to go. Go quickly and tell his disciples. Listen, what Jesus has done for us is good news. And what do you do with good news? you tell people about it. You share good news. Good news must be told because hear me, the nations are in need. We're reminded of that right here in the examples that Jesus uses. The Gentile nation of Nineveh heard the message of repentance and they repented. The Gentile queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of God on display in Solomon and gave glory to his God. There are people all over the world from every nation, tribe, and tongue who needs to hear about what God has done for them in Jesus. And here's the grace and mercy of God on display from the nations, God will call some to repentance. But how can they hear if no one tells them We must go like these women and declare what God has done in Christ. Because don't we want them to join us on that great day when we stand before Jesus and praise him for all of eternity? Don't we we want God to receive the worship that he is due? Isn't he worthy of every single person that has ever lived? Isn't he worthy of their worship? Of course he is. And even if every single person that ever listed joined in unison at the exact same time to give glory, honor, and praise to God, it would not do him justice. That's how great he is. But friends, we should try because he is worthy. Jesus, church family, Jesus is alive. And that changes everything. Wherever you are, would you bow your heads? Spend some time asking God to help you know how to respond to the preached word this morning. Do you know Jesus? Have you believed in him? Maybe this morning you've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, but maybe in the hearing of the word of God proclaimed today, the Holy Spirit is opening your heart to something, opening your mind to something. Maybe now for the first time, you're seeing Jesus for all that he is, that the Lord is is using that sign as he promised he would. And if you've never responded in faith, would you do that today? Just a minute, we'll have some pastors and ministers here in the front, We'd love to speak with you more about that. After the service today at our Discover Bayleaf station, we'll have some faithful members and pastors there to talk about what God has done for us in Jesus as well. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Easter Sunday than stepping into the resurrected life that is only available in Christ. For those of us who are already believers, oh, would we worship today? Would we worship this God who has acted so incredibly to save us? And would our worship not stop in this room, but go with us today? Who knows what opportunities we'll have to speak of Jesus at lunch today. Who knows what opportunities we'll have to speak of Jesus this week in the aftermath of Easter. Would you be faithful? Talk about what Christ has done for you, for us. Father, we pray that you would help us be a more faithful people today because of our time before the word. Would you help us be more like Jesus? Help us respond in a way that glorifies you, we pray. In the mighty name of Christ, amen. You stand and respond as the Lord leads. Thank you for worshiping with us. For more information about Bayleaf Baptist Church, visit our website, bayleaf.org.